Welcome to Leading to Sales. My name is Brett Williams. I am your host today, and I am very excited to have a special guest to bring to you today. He is um, a friend of mine. I think I can call him a friend. We'll ask him here in a few minutes whether he'll let me call him a friend now. Um, but uh, I was very fortunate to meet David Newman through Jeffrey Gittimer. Um, we um, have had a lot of opportunity to interact virtually in this COVID world, haven't had a chance to meet in person yet. But David is a certified speaking professional, for, first and foremost, and that's not something that the uh, the NSA gives out for free <laughs> or they take lightly. So that's a, that's a huge thing to me. But above and beyond that, he is a marketing expert. He's a speaker. And he's the founder of Do It Marketing. Now, I actually had David's book before I knew who David was, um, because if you go to any anywhere and you see this cover, I don't know how you can not pick it up. But he has created the Speaker Profit Formula Seminar and Mentoring Program. He's worked with over 600 executives and entre different entrepreneurs to help monetize their message. I mean, his clients are some of the largest on the Fortune 500 list. And above and beyond that, he's got two best-selling books, Do It Marketing and Do It Speaking. My recommendation, and he is not paying me to say this, is if you don't have both of these books, you need to pick them up and read them. Um, you know me, I'm very big on don't just buy the book. It doesn't do you any good on the shelf. But, but he's going to be coming up here right after this, and I am so excited to have him on. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Leading to Sales podcast. Every week, we're bringing you leadership, sales, and marketing strategies to help you move your business forward. Here's our host, internationally known sales and marketing leader, Brett Williams. You know, I feel like I should have had that that keyed in where it said internationally known sales and marketing leader with David Newman. <laughs> How's it going, David? It is going great. I am very excited. This is only my second LinkedIn Live because they don't let me on. They don't let me on the platform. They're afraid. They're genuinely afraid <laughs> of what might happen and what I might say. And so I, I just have to piggyback off rock stars like you. <laughs> you know, what's funny is, is our mutual friend, Jeffrey Gittimer. I mean, I think he worked for like six months to get on and I think he finally ended up paying somebody like a hundred thousand dollars or something, but <laughs> I'll probably watch me lose my LinkedIn live for saying that, but <laughs> we really appreciate you for coming on though. I mean, you've got, uh, I know you've got a lot of stuff you're working on in your business right now and so many different things going on, but just to start off, for those who haven't had a chance to really get to know you, just introduce yourself and tell us just a little bit about kind of your background. Sure. So my name is David Newman. I run a company called Do It Marketing, and we help uh, thought leaders and entrepreneurs and professionals really uh, market their uh, smarts and monetize their message. So we do that through helping them get more consulting gigs, coaching clients, uh, write books, build their online course, um, all of these different kinds of things. So it's really a thought leadership marketing coaching company. Um, I got to do this because I was so God awful at anything to do with marketing and anything to do with sales when I started this business about 18 years ago. So I literally started in 2002. Wow. Prior to that, Brett, as you know, I had a 10 year corporate career as a corporate consultant, corporate trainer uh, in the technology and human resource management area. 
I figured like many budding entrepreneurs who still have the corporate paycheck, well, I know, I know about the work. Uh, how hard can this entrepreneurship thing be? And we learn pretty quick, my friend, that it's not about doing the work. It's about getting the work. Yes. So I struggled for years. I mean, literally struggled for years. I had no idea what the heck was going on. Uh, I do, speaking of our friend Jeffrey, I do have my Jeffrey Gittimer seminar packet from 2002 in Balakinwood, Pennsylvania, right outside Philadelphia here in the Philadelphia suburbs. He came, this hotel is no longer even there anymore. It was called the 12 Caesars. It was this big banquet hall, conference center Mm -hmm. kind of thing. I walk in, there's like 500 people there at a Jeffrey Gittimer seminar. And I I had read his column, but that's really all I knew. I sat down and it was like the Maxell commercial. Remember with the guy, the hair blowing back? (laughs) I sat in the chair, Brett, and I, I, I was like this. And I was like, oh my God. This is what sales is. This is awesome. This guy's having fun. He's dropping the F-bomb left and right. He's being authentic. He's being personal. He's being funny. I said, I think I can do this. So I bought every book that he was selling in the back of the room that day. And that started my my self-directed sales and marketing education. And it still took me about a good three years. So from 2002 to 2005 to really figure this out, put my own spin on it, and then figure out, okay, marketing, lead generation, prospecting, how to do this the way that fit me. So then I started being somewhat successful, at least a lot more successful than in the first three years. And then people would start tapping me on the shoulder. Hey, David, can we have breakfast? Can we have lunch? Can I pick your brain? Can we go have coffee? And I was like, sure, let's have breakfast. Let's have lunch. Let's have coffee. I had, I had no secrets. I had nothing. I just I figured some stuff out, right? One pivotal moment, a friend of mine who's still a friend to this day, he's a career consultant. And he, he stops me mid-sentence. He's asking me all these questions. How do you get these big training contracts? How do you get these big companies to say yes to you? How do you get in and sell these like $20,000, $40,000 deals? And I'm answering him and he goes, you know, Stop right there. You should do this for a living. And I said, <laughs> I'm sorry, I should do what for a living? Eat breakfast, drink coffee? He goes, no, no, no. This stuff that you're teaching me, people would pay you money for this. And Brett, I laughed at him. I laughed at him. I said, no, 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 no. People like us, we're broke. We're broke <laughs> losers. We're, 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 no one's going to pay me money for this information. I said, thanks, but no thanks. I appreciate the kind compliment. I'm going to go back and sell to my big corporate clients and my big training contracts and my big consulting gigs. Thanks, but no thanks. He then says to me, if I got five or six guys together, would you teach us just a little bit of what we're, we're talking about today? And he, kept, he keeps on pestering me for a few weeks. <laughs> Finally, I said, okay, here's what we're doing. We're meeting in my living room. You get the four or five guys together. We're meeting in my living room for four Tuesday mornings from 8.30 to 10 a.m. And I'm gonna have to charge you. So I I charged him 50 bucks. He says, oh, 50 bucks per week? I said, no, 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 50 bucks for the whole thing. (laughs) All I wanted was coffee and bagel and donut money. So I charged these guys 50 bucks for the whole thing, right? $12.50 a week for those of you math majors (laughs) following along at home. And I'll tell you, I had more fun with the breakfast club in my living room than I did with my $10,000 
training day clients. And this was around 2007, 2008. Okay. After that experience, I said, you know what? I am talking to the wrong group of people for the wrong reason in the wrong setting. I love working with these coaches, consultants, speakers, trainers, thought leaders, business owners. So that was the day that I literally started to dial back my corporate work and started to dial up what I'm doing today. I would say that was probably my full-time thing starting around 2009, 2010. And so here we are 10, 11 years later and, you know, so far, so good. Uh, and I, I was wrong. Not every consultant, coach, speaker, and entrepreneur is a broke-ass loser. I know, <laughs> I know I sure was when I started out. That's all I knew. It's like, oh, my God, I don't want to sell to people like me. People like me are broke, but not anymore. And, and it turns out not to be true. You know what I love about that? Firstly, it's this. If you ever wonder if those marketing messages of get in now before the price goes up, well, you can't get David for twelve fifty an hour now, <laughs> even even in a group setting. So those those countdown timers are real. You don't, people just didn't realize it in two thousand seven <laughs> for sure. That is so awesome. So I mean, you've been in the, I guess you could call it the authority in marketing or expert arena. I mean, consistently for the past, what, 12 plus years as far as helping other people do that. Correct. Right. So I've I've had my own journey, right, for the yeah. first five, six years. First three years, disaster. Second three years, somewhat successful. And then leveraging that into helping other people with marketing, sales, lead generation, premium fees, you know, ne negotiating, getting big corporate contracts, all that kind of stuff. Well, and you know, one of the things that I noticed very quickly, because I've been through several of your webinars and, and Jeffrey Gittimer was the first one who told me, if you're not on David Newman's email list, you're missing out. Yeah. I, I would say the same thing. Um, but, you know, I've been through a few of your webinars and I think the thing that struck me the most um, or that stuck out to me is you're not helping people get $100 paid speaking gigs at the local Kiwanis Club, which they're, you know, hey, everybody's got to start somewhere. If you're doing that, you know, no shame here. But you're helping people close some major deals. And I mean, you're the people you've worked with are all, these Fortune 500 companies. I mean, you're not you're positioning people in a way that I've not seen a lot of people position people. Right. Um, and you, you do it in a very tactical way. And I think that's something that's missing from so many areas is we get a lot of these thought leaders and quote unquote gurus that are in this very philosophical space. Right. And then they fill you with a lot of stuff and you're like, okay, now what the hell am I supposed to do? <laughs> well, it's so funny that you say that. So one of the best compliments that I ever got is exactly on the track that you're talking about, Brett. A client of mine says, you know, David, I bought a lot of programs from a lot of people and they're great strategies and they're great ideas, but it kind of leaves me sitting here thinking, now what? And your programs, this person said to me, your programs are 100% now what? That is so awesome. So that you can't really use that testimonial out of context because like, what does that mean? <laughs> David Newman, 100% now what? It's like, what the hell does that mean? But in the context of the way that person shared that with me, it was a yeah. huge compliment. Yeah. So, I mean, has that just been, was that born out of the fact that you started the way you started? 
or is that just something that you've just made sure that you've stayed very focused on? No, I really think it was. That's a great observation. In fact, no one has ever even pointed that out, that my, my action orientation, the reason the company's called do it marketing instead of think about it marketing or sit on your hands marketing or daydream out the window marketing <laughs> is when I was trying to learn this, everybody was at that theory level. Yeah. Every, and so literally I would be sitting here going, huh, lead generation, prospecting. So, so prospecting, great idea, heard good things about it. What's step one? Yes. Like, how do I find a prospect? Oh, found one. Okay. What's the first thing I say? What's the first thing I send? What's, what's that first contact? It's like we're watching a science fiction movie, right? First contact. <laughs> and it was such a, such a huge mystery. It's yes. like, What's A, how do I find this mythical prospect? And then B, should I find them in the wild? What's my approach? I mean, it's kind of yeah. like Elmer Fudd with the rifle. <laughs> that was me going around going, I have no idea what's going on. I've, I've read about this in books and I don't know what the first thing to do is. Yeah. So I figured, okay, once I'm in a position to help other people, this is going to be exactly what to do step by step, piece by piece, literally step one, step two, step three, all the way through step 17 and getting a check because I never had that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I sometimes tell people, I said, the way that we run our programs and our coaching is this is the kind of program or this is the kind of coaching that I wish I had access to when I was confused and stuck and plateauing in my business. Yeah. And I think that's, Right now, I feel I feel like that's rampant, especially given the shift in. I mean, I guess in the past twelve months, we're all, we're coming up on twelve months. It's kind of hard for me to. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's been since like two thousand five that we've been in this situation. But what are you seeing has changed? You know, in in your overall the approaches that you're teaching people, anything at all? Oh well, quite a lot. You know, I think mindset was always important. But if you look at like, let's look at when this pandemic really started to take an effect on folks like us. Well, live yeah. events are canceled, training, conferences, events of all kinds just yeah. wiped out. I've had clients that had the same exact trigger event, meaning hundreds of thousands of dollars of business evaporated off their calendar. Yep. One kind of person is deer in the headlights. Oh my God, what happened to my business? Another person is, okay, this is bad. What do I do next? And what do I do next? And what do I do next? What do I change? What do I shift? What do I reboot? What do I reinvent? And literally people who are either keynote speakers or stand-up trainers who never even understood the term consulting because it was so mysterious, right? Ooh, consulting. <laughs> are now getting, my clients are now getting six-figure and multi-six-figure consulting contracts because they could repackage their expertise from a speaking model to a consulting model. Is that hard? It's not hard. Is yeah. it overwhelming? It certainly could be overwhelming if you put all this complexity in it. I think another thing that I think you are masterful at with your clients and I try and aspire to also is we are great simplifiers. We try and make this complex world of LinkedIn and LinkedIn marketing and LinkedIn prospecting and lead generation. There's people who you pay a crap ton of money to 
And all they do is they complicate it. They <laughs> overcomplicate it. And they're like, well, of course, you can't figure it out because you need meat and you need to pay me $10,000 a month to do it for you. Whereas you are a simplifier and an enabler. And I try and be a simplifier and an enabler. So yes. when a keynote speaker, for example, comes to me, had never even considered themselves a consultant, really doesn't even know what that magic word consulting means, I would ask him questions like, well, so after your, after your keynote, do you ever have like an executive session or a breakout session or a Q&A session to follow up on the ideas that you shared in the keynote? And they go, yeah, I do that all the time. I said, well, how comfortable are you answering situational questions about how they can apply your ideas from the keynote into back at the office. They go, oh, that's my favorite thing to do. I said, good, welcome to consulting. <laughs> it really is. And it's, you know, it's so interesting. Here's a good example right now, Ron Goodwin in the comments. And it, he had men, mentioned that you have your master's in fine arts and he asked yeah. who your favorite artist is. But then what he puts right here, this is, I love this. Did you ever create art? Do you agree that major figures in modern art, in the modern art world, were master salespeople? Uh, some yes and some no. But let me also clarify, I do have an MFA. I have a Master of Fine Arts degree, but it's in stage directing. So it's not literally in painting and sculpture. You know, the <laughs> MFA, you can get an MFA in writing, an MFA yeah. in theater, an MFA in all kinds of things. So yeah. I'm not an artist. I don't play one on TV. But I think there are definitely, I mean, let's let's unpack Ron's question to another <laughs> level, which I think you're also really, really good at helping people with, Brett. Is it about the art or is it about the packaging? Because there are people who are fantastic at the packaging and you look at the art and you're like, well, wait a second, that's all not, not all that good. Or very famous, very successful artists now who died in obscurity and poverty because the art was awesome and the marketing sucked. Yes. Or the marketing was non-existent because they didn't know how to be an entrepreneur of their expertise. So whether you look at the art world, the consulting world, the coaching world, like the work that, for example, Brett's doing, right? We're not only entrepreneurs and we're not only experts. We are called upon to be entrepreneurs of our expertise, just like artists were entrepreneurs of their artwork. Yes. And sometimes the artwork is a lot better than the entrepreneurship. Sometimes the entrepreneurship is a lot better than the artwork, but nothing gets sold until you have that conversation with an economic buyer who's in a position to write you a check. It's so true. I was reading last night. Um, I've been really diving into John Maxwell's book. Uh, Everybody, commu Everyone communicates, few connect. And I think this really just dovetails into what you said, because last night I read in his book, and this is this is the first time I might get shot for this. This is the first time I'm ever going publicly on record, adding something to something John Maxwell said, <laughs> but he had one sentence in the book and the sentence was two words and it says excellence connects. And I was like, you know, that's good. But I, I literally took yeah, Jeffrey Gittimer that I took a voice note last night and I said, excellence connects when it can be clearly communicated because it doesn't matter how excellent you are. If people don't know how excellent you are, it doesn't, it, you're, you're going to die in obscurity and nobody's going to know who you are. Right. And it's that, um, it's the, it's the old parable, I guess you could say of the grandfather walking his grandson through the graveyard. And he says some of the best artists, musicians, and business people in the world are all buried in the cemetery. And the grandson says, who are they? And he says, we'll never know. 
because they died with their music still in them, if you will. Yeah, for and, sure. Well, so, and that also, you know, the saying that good work speaks for itself. No, no. I wish. I wish <laughs> good work spoke for itself. <laughs> It'd be really nice. PhDs, how many very accomplished people are unsuccessful, broke, no audience, no following, no financial success? You know, and it's funny because sometimes I, I get this criticism that, well, David, with you, it's all about the money. Because I help people, you know, make big sales, close big sales, get, you know, get more money for the work that they do. My comeback to that, Brett, it's not all about the money. It is absolutely not all about the money. But without the money, it's nothing. Without giving you the financial resources to take care of your family, without giving you the financial resources to do the good work that you're doing in the world, without giving you the financial resources where you can start to make charitable contributions and donations to causes and things that you believe in to make the world a better place and to improve your impact. If you're not doing that, it doesn't matter how good the work is. It doesn't yes. matter how good the work is. That's, that's a ridiculous statement that it's not <laughs> about the money. It's not all about the money, but without the money, it's nothing. You're that person in the graveyard again. Exactly. It's that reminds me again of Zig Ziglar. You know, money's not the most important thing. It's just relatively close to oxygen. You don't think about it until you don't have it. (laughs) That's so cool. So, you know, from a when you're seeing this this shift, if you will, from what used to be primarily a speaking model to now seeing this consulting model being born, and you're even, I mean, you're positioning these people, like you're saying in these large consulting contracts with these large companies, what are you seeing the general attitude from these companies are and, and what what's the open-mindedness from them when it comes to this? Such a great question. And, and this goes back to another soundbite that I've started sharing recently, which is you can't serve big if you sell small. A lot of people, now we're in this kind of post-pandemic world and we're not sure how, when the full emergence is gonna happen. <laughs> But they say, well, aren't companies reluctant to spend money? Aren't aren't executives kind of still, there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of turbulence, a lot of question marks in the marketplace. No matter what you sell, no matter who you sell it to, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, Yes, and as professional salespeople, we need to become merchants of certainty. Mm. So I'll tell you a great success story from my awesome client, Jen Kronberger, who's a speaker and a consultant, because now we're all speakers and consultants, speakers and mentors, speakers and coaches. Um, she had a, a big deal on the table with a hospital. And uh, she had a big meeting. This was pre-COVID, of course. Big meeting in a physical room. CEO, CFO, COO, chief nursing officer, chief clinical officer, they're all in the room. And they were about to put this project off. Like, yeah, well, you know, let's look at next year. I think it'll be more, you know, we have a lot of things going on, a lot of competing priorities right now. And she's she's a consultant, right? She's a vendor. She yeah. can easily go, oh, oh, okay, that's your decision. We'll put this off till next year. Thank you very much. Pick up her little briefcase, leave the <laughs> room and say, all the big boys and girls said no to me. She didn't do that. She's sitting in her chair. She makes direct eye contact with the CEO and says, I think you're making a mistake. Your people need this program now. They don't need it next year. Wow. 
and then shut her mouth. CEO looks over at the COO, COO looks over at the CFO, CFO looks over at the chief nursing officer, chief nursing officer looks back at the CEO, like 20 seconds of silence, which seems like hours. CEO looks right back at Jen, says, you know, you're right. Let's get started now. Just like that. And when I tell that story, people go, well, what do you mean just like that? It's like, yeah, yeah, just like that. If you don't believe that your client needs what you do now, ASAP, right? That every minute that you're not being hired is a minute that they're not getting value or they're not getting an outcome that they want. But we have to be better at sticking to our guns. We have to be better at being advocates and champions for the client when the client might not be going through a moment of their greatest strength. They might be going through moments of doubt, moments of fear, moments of uncertainty, moments of turbulence. We have to be the certainty. We have to. So if they're missing certainty and we plug ourselves in as we are now the source of certainty, do you see how that immediately fills the gap and it immediately resonates going, this person's the anchor. This person is not going to be blown in the wind. This person is going to be the biggest advocate for, for what they do and for the value and the outcomes that they produce. And they're attracted to that certainty. They are hungry for that certainty. So the more that everyone watching this, the more that you can become that merchant of certainty, the more sales you will make. I guarantee it. Anybody who's tuning in, you're, you're catching some straight fire from David Newman right now, because I mean, that's, you know, it it reminds me so much of, of, and I can't remember where I've read this, but they were talking about you. And I actually, I think I made a video about this the other day that you have to become, you have to take the responsibility of providing value, but that you can't provide value if you don't first value people. And if you truly believe, like David's saying, if you truly believe that the services or the products that you're offering are going to make a difference, then, I mean, shame on you if you don't think that it's going to, if you're not doing everything you can to help that business understand the value you're going to provide. It doesn't matter what it is that you're offering when you're going to, when you have that opportunity and in a world like to, where today where everybody has some degree of uncertainty, when you become that, we talk about differentiation I'm, and I'm, a, I'm a, I've got another question on this, but we talk a lot about differentiation. How about differentiating yourself by becoming the merchant of certainty that David just recognized or just mentioned when everyone else is uncertain? And so David, how, how do you recommend that people prepare for that ahead of time? Because you, you don't. And I I think Jennifer was her name. Jennifer didn't just pull that out of nowhere. She had mental preparation going into that meeting to be able to be that person. So how do you recommend that? Well, so here's the deal. You're absolutely right. A lot of times the gap that we need to agitate or the certainty that we need to provide to fill that gap, it comes from the client. So Jen was working on corporate culture right? So let's, let's cross these two things. There's a corporate culture initiative right smack in the middle of, you know, COVID crazy time. Um, and, and think how glad they are now that yeah. they started this initiative last year, pre-COVID, right? Yeah. But she had this certainty, said, listen, what you told me is important to you. Is factor one, factor two, factor three. Do you really think that can wait? 
the outcomes that you said you wanted were outcome A, outcome B, outcome C, and outcome D. How much longer are you willing to put off getting those outcomes, right? So this was all pre-conversation. This was all about urgency, relevance, and desire. Urgency, relevance, and desire from the buyer's mouth. So there's nothing that we can say to save a sale or to get a yes when we haven't planted the seeds, when yeah. we haven't done enough probing, investigating. I I, I call these in our uh, high-fee sales program, I call these investigative journalist questions. Like you're on 60 Minutes and you're on the hot seat in 60 Minutes and they say, well, you know, Brett, not only is that a problem, but do you also see this other problem behind that first problem? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Wow, I never thought about it that way. Uh, another great book that I think you and I both like is called The Challenger Sale. Yes. So the Challenger Sale is about getting your prospect to reframe the criteria with which they're making a buying decision by pointing out some false assumptions or some false beliefs that are holding them stuck where they're stuck. And this whole concept of the challenger sale and the challenger questions is when someone says, I think we're going to put this off, you say, well, that's the worst thing you can do. I mean, directly opposite. It's not about arguing. It's not about overcoming objections. It's about telling the truth and being real based on what you know about that prospect, based on what you know that they want, based on them sharing with you the true motivations and outcomes and results that they want to create. And then when they go back to some kind of backpedaling situation, well, let's hold off till next year. Well, this is a terrible time in our industry right now. You know, someone says to me, this is a terrible time in our industry right now. Here's what I do. Here's the technique for everybody. You take a nice deep breath. And you say, I know. That's why we're talking. <laughs> yes. Mic drop. Yes. It's a terrible time in our industry. Oh, my God. We're decimated. We're, all of our members are 60% down. All of our franchisees are hating it. Our whole industry, our whole supply chain is devastated. I know. That's why we're talking. Now, the talk track on that is when times are good and money's flowing freely and everything is chicks, ducks, and bunnies, I have a good program. I have a good product. I have a good service. But when things are the way that you just described, what I do goes from being a nice to have to being a have to have. Yes. So that whole concept of that's why we're talking. Yes. Right. So, Brett, when a client comes to you, oh, Brett, man, our sales team's devastated. All of our, you know, our sales are just down tremendously. Everything we tried has not worked this year. You know, this is just a terrible, terrible time for us to be to be thinking about something new. Pause, breathe. Brett says, I know. That's why we're talking. Because now is when you need what Brett does more than six months ago, 12 months ago, or 18 months ago. So we need to reframe what we do in a now more than ever context. And that's not just window dressing. You need to understand the drivers and the dynamics of what's going on with your client's psychology so that when you say, I know that's why we're talking, you can actually back it up. Like Jen backed it up, said your people need this. You know, now's when you need employee retention. Now's when you need employee engagement. Now's when you need the culture. When everyone's virtual, everyone's remote, 
the, you know, all the folks are coming into the hospital. They're not doing elective surgery anymore. They're doing brain surgery. They're doing heart surgery. You know, your intensive care is overflowing with COVID patients. Do you think now is a good time to take your foot off the corporate culture gas pedal? Exactly. No, this is this is where either the wheels come off the bus or, you know, you accelerate 100 miles an hour. If you work with me, you will accelerate 100 miles an hour and I will not let the wheels fall off your bus. That's you talking. That is so awesome. And, you know, here you're getting everybody who's tuned in right now. And, and a lot of a lot of our listeners watch after the fact. So I know a lot a lot of people will tune in later. You're getting a master class right now from David. And the, the thing that I love about the way that David does things is you can completely change your business just by tuning into the stuff that he has that is free. But here's, here's the reality. When you start paying for some of David's stuff, it's going to just start multiplying like crazy. And I, I know he can't necessarily say that about himself, but David, you've got two, in my opinion, two pieces that are absolutely critical as people are trying to find out how to position themselves right now that you give away that, you know, I would say most people probably call you a little bit crazy for giving them away. Um, but you have a, a piece that you put together that people can download and that's your manifesto, right? Yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So it is a 37 page PDF and it's sort of a structured rant. So if people are enjoying this, like, wow, this guy's like ranting his brains out here. It goes everything from marketing to sales to success as an entrepreneur, as a thought leading professional, as an entrepreneur of your expertise. So we've got things in there about personal productivity. For example, uh, live out of your calendar, not your inbox. We've got some marketing strategies, some sales strategies, some objection busters, things similar to what we talked about here about, hey, you know, you need this now more than ever. I know that's why we're talking, uh, things like that. So it's really a, a little uh, uh, extra booster shot of marketing and sales and personal and professional success factors in a nicely formatted, nicely designed 37-page PDF. Yes. So if you are listening um, on the podcast platforms to this later, it will be doitmarketing.com slash manifesto. Just like David was pointing, if you're tuning in with the video below doitmarketing.com slash manifesto, we'll put it in the show notes as well. But above and beyond this manifesto, here's my favorite thing that David Newman does is he does these amazing webinars that are not 90 minute pitch fest. <laughs> So tell us about this webinar that you're offering right now. Sure. So the webinar, we have this free web training that's online right now. It's doitmarketing.com slash webinar. And it's called the Consulting Revenue Roadmap. And this is specifically about, and again, the word consulting, right? We use that very loosely. <laughs> it's really for any kind of professional services company. So you might do accounting services. You might do, you know, you might be running a law firm. You might be doing all kinds of different things. To me, that is in the consulting category. It's in the professional yeah. services category. I, I would argue that every professional service provider is an expert. Every expert should have a consulting revenue stream in addition to what they're doing as part of their day-to-day -day work, even if your regular day-to-day -day work is some form of consulting, training, speaking, et cetera. So this shows you how to monetize your expertise in that consulting mode 
whether you consider yourself a consultant or not. And it's about 50 minutes long, I think, 50, 48 minutes. And um, so it is, it's a great way to kind of get, get up to speed very, very quickly on what you should be doing in 2021 to build your business, grow your business as a thought leading expert and thought leading professional. Yes. And you will leave that with, and in, I, I, I believe this is the one that I actually attended live. And I can tell you, you will leave that with an enormous sense of direction. And that's that you've seen while we've been sitting here talking, David has hit with some hard punching tactical things and everything that I've ever seen David do. I mean, I, I just, you're, and I'm not saying this to, to, to be nice or anything like that. Your email list is like manna from heaven, honest to God, because as I'm seeing it, when I get that, when I see those, those emails coming in from you, I know that there are going to be things that I can take and either I can use, or I can help a client use right off the bat and everything that David does, that's how he does things. Um, and that's, he's just amazing like that. Thank so, you. Thank you. Thank you. Huge compliment. Absolutely. And by the way, uh, so I, David also shares my love of two big things of books and bourbon. And so after this, I think I owe you at least a bourbon Books are kind of hard to part with, so uh, we'll definitely have to catch up with that at some point. Whenever hey, things chill these are out, these the kind of friends I like. It's like, dude, I'll I'll give you bourbon all day long. Books are on your own. <laughs> exactly. I'll send you the link. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much for for coming on again. I know you're pressed for time today. You've got a lot of different things that you're rolling with. So yes. So anything that you want to leave uh, leave our listeners with before you part? Yes. And I'm not going to be blowing smoke up your butt, but if you are not taking a serious, and I mean serious look at LinkedIn as your primary lead generator, primary value driver, and primary platform for outbound prospecting, which is exactly what Brett and his team help you with, I think you're missing the boat. Uh, There is so much noise everywhere else. One of the beauties of LinkedIn is that it gives you direct access. You can cherry pick, you can hand pick your next group of clients that you want to do business with. And the way that Brett teaches this, a lot of people say, oh yeah, let's use automation, let's batch and blast, let's you know spam everyone on LinkedIn. Uh, that is 180 degrees opposite of what works and it's 180 degrees opposite of what Brett and his team teach and help you with. So LinkedIn, for all of these lead generation, prospecting, door opening conversations, LinkedIn is your platform of 2021. And it's been that way for a while. But now I think that everyone's virtual, everyone's remote, everyone's in front of a screen. Uh, LinkedIn is the number one strategy that everyone watching this needs to get involved in. Totally agree. Thank you, David. I really appreciate that. So I'm going to go ahead and let you go here. And if you want to hang out, you can. Uh, I'm going to close us out and prep for next week. But thank you again so much, David. Again, if you have not already, go to doitmarketing.com slash webinar and get get a look at that virtual training that David and his team are offering. And then go to um, the other one is doitmarketing.com slash manifesto. Make sure to download and study, much like I've mentioned his books, buy and read and download and study 
his manifesto because you will not regret it. So I want to thank everybody who tuned in today and participated and all you who are listening after the fact. Um, next, or excuse me, this Thursday, we will be going live yet again, as we do every Thursday, except for over the holidays with at 3.30 PM on Thursday with Christina Finseth. And she is um, not only in the growth marketing arena, she is the creator of the Outbound Fire Framework. And this is an email, a cold email framework that she is getting 80% open rates and 10 to 15 to 20% booking rates from outbound cold email. So you want to make sure that you tune in and catch that if you have any interest in growing your business at all, which I know that you do if you're tuning in here today. So again, thank you so much for tuning out or tuning in, not tuning out. And with that, I look forward to talking to you next time. And until then, I'm just here to remind you either post value or don't bother.